Good morning. Greet you in Jesus' name this morning. And I'd invite you to turn to Matthew 22 to start with. And then I'll tell you a story while we're getting there. I remember in 2005, it was probably December, November or December 2005, we just moved to Guatemala. And we had just um, driven up to Santa Rosita for our first church service, at least Crystal and my first church service together in Santa Rosita, I believe, for the first time that we were supposedly in charge, um, trying to stumble around in Spanish. And we had brought a Guatemala along with us to preach because we weren't uh, about ready to do that. And I remember walking down the street. For some reason, we were in a little house close to the church, and I had to walk down the street to the, um, the big house for some reason, another mission house. I remember doing this in the dark, and I distinctly remember one towards the end of the street, and there was a place I had to turn and go down a side street to get to the house. I remember being afraid, and um, here I am in this town that... Uh, I didn't know anybody in this town, basically. Uh, and I was walking down the street. There's no, <clears throat> there's no street lights. It's this little dirt street. Um, I think I met a person or two and said buenas to them as I, I walked along. But um, I remember that feeling of fear. And if you fast forward then two or three years later, uh, I'm I walked that same street many, many times without being the least bit afraid. I also remember in, in that first um, couple months of being in Guatemala, in, or not first couple months of being in Guatemala, first couple months of being in Santa Rosita, um, I remember that in our little house, uh, we lived right across from a little store, and I didn't realize it at the time, but there are lots of firecrackers around uh, Christmas time. I thought there were just firecrackers all year long. I didn't realize it was just around Christmas. But I remember different times in the middle of the night being woken up by this enormous firecracker outside my door. Because the store, the guys would buy firecrackers, and they liked the really loud ones. You could buy them for like 50 cents, this really magnificent one. And they would light it and chuck it over our fence. And this thing would go off, and you're woken out of your sleep, and you're listening for the second one, you're thinking there might be another one. And I remember being afraid that somebody's going to throw one on my roof and light my thatch roof on fire, and I'm going to get toasted in here. I'll tell you those stories because um, what was driving my fear, at least in part, was I didn't know anybody. Um, I didn't know the people across the street at the store very well. When I walked down the dark street, I didn't really know anybody around me. And what later... What later changed that fear was I got to know people. I, I started having a relationship with people around me. And so walking down a dark street wasn't a, wasn't a scary thing because I knew each person's house as I passed. I could hear them inside their house probably, hear the discussions going on, um, arguments or talking or the guy up at the store singing or whatever. You could hear this and you, you're comfortable because you had relationships with people. And what, what I want to talk about this morning is the importance of relationships. Uh, relationships are, are very important 
to us. And we know this, this may be nothing more than review this morning for, for many of us. Um, this, these verses in Matthew, Matthew 22, I'd like to look at verses 35 through 40. And then we'll, we'll do some jumping around. Now, if I go over time, this clock is neatly arranged directly behind the poles. So, I'll blame it on that. <clears throat> Thank you, Damon. Matthew 22, chapter 35, or sorry, verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great co commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Um, Jesus was focusing on relationships here. And specifically, he's talking about love. But I'd like us to think about, about this in the context of relationships. Jesus is saying what's really important in life are two sets of relationships or two types of relationships. Our relationship with God and then our relationship with other people. Um, I, was, I was blessed this morning thinking about this message, how much we discuss relationships already. Uh, we had Lowell started out talking about uh, the relationship of husband and wife and then Christ and his bride. And we talked about it in Sunday school. So I think it leads in well to, to this. Um, I'm going to start with what, what are relationships? I looked it up in the dictionary, and I think it says something along the lines of two people interacting. That's a fairly good definition. Um, we could expand that and say two beings. Um, God is a person, but you don't really think of him in the same way. Just to, to call him a, um, somehow two people interacting doesn't really capture the feeling of God there. And when we talk about interaction, it's contact that we have, it's communication between people, um, us with God, us with each other, and us with acquaintances. And there's many levels of relationships. And we'll probably be thinking more about deeper relationships as we discuss this here. But really, any person we have contact with, we have some sort of maybe a very fleeting relationship with, but there is interaction. We affect them. They affect us, maybe very slightly, um, but the relationships can be on many different levels. I want you to know that I'm no expert in relationships. Maybe you already know that. Um, I will share that I'm learning, and I've, I've failed in relationships in this past week. Um, my relationship with Christ isn't what I wish it were, and I would like to see it grow. And I have one specific relationship at work that didn't go the way it should have this past week. And, um, so I, I'm as much learning as, as any of the rest of you. Uh, <clears throat> one of the reasons that I'm thinking about relationships this morning is what, and I, I want to be clear with you all, that our church has been through bumps the last while. And 30 years from now, probably many of the details of those bumps are going to fade away. Uh, we'll still, those of us who have lived through this, will still remember some of the details, but it's going to be a lot murkier. But the relationships 
and how our relationships have been affected are probably the things that are going to remain with us more. Something about relationships and how other people impact us and we impact them, those things tend to, to stick with us more. And as we go through bumpy times in church, um, I personally want to, to grow in recognizing that the relationships are more important than exactly what I think about a subject or my exact opinion on something or how I view something. And in truth, my relationship with God is even more important than the exact application or the exact doctrine. Um, my relationship with God, my brother's relationship with God, it's not, that's not to diminish the, the importance of application or doctrine, but to recognize that relationships are actually more important than, than them. First thing I'd like to think about, um, I've got five points, and I don't know if we'll get through all of them. We'll see. The first thing, though, is that God is relational, and we are relational. Um, God is a God of relationships. And if you go way back to Genesis, back in the, the first chapter of Genesis, um, verses 26 and 27, when God created man, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Um, God said, let us make man in our image. And God is the only being that is relational within himself. Um, he's unique in that. There's three parts to him, and so he relates to himself within himself. None of the rest of us, we have, we sort of have a relationship with ourselves to a certain extent, but not as three separate beings like God, God does. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. There was a relationship between Christ and the Father. And Christ modeled a perfect relationship between them. Um, when he was here on earth, he, he modeled how we should relate to the Father. And God specifically created us for a relationship with Him. Um, God desires love and glory and praise and response from us. And the only way that He could have those things be genuine was to create people that could relate to Him. Um, people that have their a free will, people that can choose to relate. And so God's purpose in creating us is partly relational. In the New Testament, Christ gave us the picture of God as a father. And that was kind of a departure from the Old Testament. Um, God desires not just to be a Lord that's up above us, but a father who is um, not necessarily an equal to us, but has a personal relationship with us in the way that a Lord doesn't. Or you would tend to think of a Lord not having and then God's desired relationship with man was the damage by sin. Um, we know that, that the relationship between God and man was changed. And Adam and Eve were scared of God. There was no longer the, the closeness that they'd once enjoyed. But God continues to desire and to seek a relationship with us. And I was blessed studying this, thinking about 
I think my tendency as a, as a human being is to focus on what I should be doing in relation to God. Uh, but I was blessed in studying and thinking about how often God talks about his desire for a relationship with us and how often he seeks out us um, rather than stressing that we need to come and find him. Christ said in Matthew 18:11, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the story of the prodigal son, the father, while he doesn't go out and find his son in the far country and drag him back, he is there watching and waiting and, and wishing for his son to return. He's, he's ready to restore that relationship. But that's the way God is with us. He, he desires a relationship. He looks for that relationship. When we think of Christ coming to earth, we often think about him coming to be a sacrifice for sin and to pay the debt for, for our sin. And that's certainly true. But Christ also came seeking a relationship. Um, Paul mentioned in his opening this morning about the, us being the bride of Christ. Christ came to start a courtship that we are, we are a part of and then eventually that relationship will culminate in marriage. Um, it's, it's not just, let's purchase these people. It's a, let's establish a relationship with these people. And um, a relationship that will eventually end in a perfect relationship with Christ. So God is relational. And, and God calls us to relationship with himself. And then we are relational as well. Um, I think it's one of the ways that we are made in God's image. Back in Genesis 1.27, it says God created man in his own image. And there's probably many facets to that, that image of God. Um, but I, I believe one of the, one of the um, ways that God created us in his image was to desire relationship. Adam recognized that in uh, Genesis 2. After he'd given names to the, the animals, he looked for somebody that was like him, somebody he could relate to. And our, we live our lives filled with, our lives are filled with many different relationships with different people. Uh, we could list all sorts of relationships. We have relationships within our group here, church, church friends, church brothers and sisters. We have relationships within families. There's employer to employee, co-workers. Um, there's many, many different kinds of relationships. Jesus modeled a relationship with the Father, but he also modeled relationships among humans. Um, he had the unique opportunity to display both perfectly. And we see Christ interacting with disciples, or with the Samaritan woman, or with the lepers, or with Pharisees. There's many different ways that Christ modeled uh, relationships, and he always loved and sought the sought good for every person. Um, he cared for people, and he pointed people towards truth. The Pharisees are probably one of the more complicated of his relationships to understand uh, how he related with them. Christ also taught a lot about relationships between people. Um, if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, much of that is how should we relate? Um, what should our response to each other be in different situations? We're relational people in that uh, relationships affect who we are at a very, very deep level. If you think about it a little, you can, I would imagine that most of us would say that some of the greatest joys in our life 
come through relationships, and probably some of the greatest pains in our life come through relationships as well. Um, and that can be for good and bad reasons. Some of our pain comes because we have a good relationship with somebody, and that person dies or has something terrible happen to them, and that directly causes us pain because of the good relationship. It can also be because of bad relationships. Um, they impact me, they hurt me somehow, or some of, my, some of our pain comes from I hurt them. Um, but much of our emotional makeup revolves around how we relate to other people and how they relate to us. So first, the first thing that I, I wanted us to notice is that God is relational and so are we. We're, we're built around relationships. Um, the second thing is, because we are eternal beings and God is eternal, relationships have eternal impact. They have an eternal dimension to them. Um, really, the majority of our, uh, the majority of our contact with eternal things it involves relationships. Um, the Bible is really the only thing outside of people and God that we can interact with that is eternal. There's not anything else around that's going to last forever. And so relationships and how we, how we interact with each other has very a very eternal dimension to it. Um, course, we think first off of our, when we're talking about the eternity of relationships is how is our relationship with God? Um, that is of eternal importance to us. Christ, if you want to turn to John 15, we'll just look at a few verses there. This is the, the vine and the branches. <clears throat> Christ uses the word abide here, and it, it's talking about, he's, he's talking about a relationship that is, it has a permanent um, element to it, a continuing, um, ongoing relationship. And I just want to read verses 4 through 6. He says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into a fire, and they are burned. We could read a lot more about, about this relationship between us and Christ here. But um, what I wanted to notice here is that we need this relationship with Christ. Uh, there, Christ calls us to abide in Him. He says we can't be fruitful without a relationship with Him. Uh, no matter how hard we try, our best efforts aren't going to be adequate without a relationship with Christ. And then He says that if we don't abide, in verse 6, uh, well, verse 5, He says, without me you can do nothing. In verse 6, if you don't abide, um, we're cast forth. So trying to serve God without a relationship is, is, is useless. Um, there's no substance to it, and there's no results from it. God calls us to a relationship with Him. 
And I appreciated our Sunday school discussion, the men's discussion. We were talking about um, some of what Paul was was saying and how you shouldn't try to change your state. And um, I think what we were saying is that that relationship with God is of primary importance. And then God can lead us from that relationship. He can lead us into a better and better knowledge, and um, we can better and better live out that relationship in practical ways. Christ has some, some nasty things to say to the Pharisees sometimes. And part of what his accusation of them was, you've got a framework, but you have no relationship. Um, he taught, at one point he told them, um, you've, you have all these laws set up, but you don't love me, to paraphrase what he was saying. Um, they had many, many ceremonial laws. They had many things they were doing. And yet, they had figured out ways to kind of work around the heart of the law and to avoid the real things that God had wanted them to do. I'm afraid that sometimes I can become too much that way myself, that it's easy to focus on what should I be doing and forget that what God is interested in is, is a relationship with him. That, that he wants, you know, maybe God looks down and says, you're spending all your time worrying about these details, when all I really want is to have some communication and some relationship between us. Our relationship with God has eternal impact on us. Um, it will decide our eternal destiny. Uh, how good our relationship is with God. Our relationship with other people, though, has a very eternal dimension to it as well. Uh, we can affect the direction their lives go. Uh, we can affect them positively. We can affect them negatively. Um, going back to the greatest commandment, Christ said that the, the first commandment is love God. The second one is love others. And as we love others, we can impact them eternally. So relationships have an eternal impact. The third thing I'd like to think about is that there's a relationship between, or there's a um, interaction, is a better way to say it, to, to avoid confusing us. There's an interaction between sin and relationships. Um, I once had somebody come to me, somebody I knew fairly well, and he had, he had just been through a, a period where he was unfaithful to his wife. And he said, he came to me and said, never, he said, this is, it destroys our relationship. Never be unfaithful to your wife, is his advice to me. He said, it, it, has, it impacts you so. It, there's such far-reaching effects, and you can never completely rebuild um, your relationship with your wife. Because sin directly impacts relationships. If you think about it, many times sin involves a relationship somehow. Um, maybe you could say that it always does because it involves our relationship with God. But many times it also involves other people. And much of the pain of sin that we feel or that others feel is because of are because of relationships. And sin can take relationships and turn them into ugly and hurtful things. Um, 
It can make relationships into things to be used selfishly. Um, much of what we're thinking about today is relationships in a positive way and healthy relationships, but they can also be things that are used very, very wrongly, very selfishly. Um, years ago down in Guatemala City, you knew that there were certain sections in the city where the police and the gangs had a relationship. It wasn't a healthy relationship. It was one where the gangs paid the police off and the police would come through and when they would come through, there'd be no gang members present and um, when they left, the gangs took over again and the police knew not to go into those areas until the gangs cleared them that they could come in. Um, There's a very uh, powerful working relationship that went on and the gangs would control complete areas where shops were paying the gangs and for their protection, and it was a relationship that was very present and very strong, but also very wrong. And sin can do that with relationships, making them into things that are not what God intended them to be at all. Back in the garden, Adam and Eve's relationship with God was was severed or damaged, severely damaged. Um, God then worked on rebuilding that relationship and making steps towards it. But sin in relationships can be can be very very damaging. There wasn't Adam and Eve couldn't do anything to repair that relationship. They had to depend on God working and and making a way to, to rebuild that relationship. Sin in relationships can be very entangling. Um, can be very difficult. The fellow that came and talked to me about his unfaithfulness to his wife. He had struggled. This thing had gone on for a while, and it was tough to to get himself completely extracted from it again. Um, it can be an entangling thing. The, the story of Ananias and Sapphira is, is a very short little story, but think about the, the impact on relationships that their decision to lie had. It impacted their relationship to each other. Um, it ended up severing that relationship. One of them died before the other. It severed their relationship with the, the brotherhood at the time uh, because Peter right away realized through the Holy Spirit that there was a problem here. And so the relationship with the brotherhood was severed. Um, their relationship with God was destroyed and ultimately their, their final destiny was determined by that one sin. Um, they never guessed when they started through this thing that so many things could be affected by their sin. They really thought they could get off with all of it and, and nobody be the wiser. But sin damages relationships and, and destroys them. Now, what's interesting, we said that sin and relationships interact. Have you ever thought about that relationships are what destroy sin or what conquer sin? Um, sin itself is conquered through a relationship with Christ. And as we rebuild relationships as people, that's what restore the effects of sin as well. Um, when we uh, when we go and we confess the sin, when we go and we um, apologize to somebody, when we go and try to rebuild a relationship, we can start to reverse. We can't completely erase, but we can at least make a, a step towards reversing the effects of sin in relationships. Our relationship with Christ is what then uh, reverses the, the effects of sin. 
Relationships have a ripple effect, if you want to say that. Relationships go further than just a single relationship. Um, in Santa Rosita, we used to travel by boat uh, a fair amount. And a fair for a fair number of the years, there was a while that I left the motor on the boat overnight, and then our neighbor had his boat motor stolen one, one night. So I decided we should always pull that motor and put it away, which was unhandy because it was weighed like 100 pounds, 110, something like that. But when you pull that motor off the boat, you really don't want any waves while you're walking. This boat was about 36 feet long, and you're walking from the back up to the front unload this boat. You really don't want waves. I remember one evening, actually no, it wasn't evening, one day I, I, I pulled it and I was going up to the point of the boat and just as I got to the point, another boat had gone by a minute or two earlier and the wake hit my boat and it rocked and I fell and managed to keep the motor up and went down into the water, landed standing, had the motor up out of the water except for the point, which was fine, but I could go down in there. But I had forgotten that this boat had gone by and his wake was coming. Um, and the ripple from him hit me and, and threw me out. Well, relationships have a similar ripple effect. And it can be for bad or it can be for good. One relationship in our lives can affect other relationships in our lives. In fact, there's a good chance it does. Um, when we interact poorly in one area of our life, there's a good chance we're going to do some of the, some of the same in, in another area. I want to think of um, three different things here in, in relation to how we can affect, how one relationship affects another. In 1 John 4, John talks about our relationship with each other and how that affects our relationship with God. 1 John 4, 20 and 21. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So our relationship with our brother impacts our relationship with God. If we say that we love God and hate our brother, we're lying. John is fairly direct here. So the relationship that I, that I have with other people directly impacts my relationship with God. There's a ripple effect between the two. Now, it also works the other way. Um, you're, you don't have to necessarily turn to this, but Second Corinthians 5.18, Paul talks about, the, about reconciliation. And um, and how we've been reconciled to God. It says, All things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is, talks about two parties coming together. Um, two people that were at a, once at odds now being uh, brought together and into unity or into agreement. And our relationship with God is one of being reconciled to Him. We were at odds with God and He, he brought us back to be reconciled with Him. 
And then as that relationship builds and grows, our job is to also reconcile other people. Um, our relationship with God affects how we relate to others. Uh, there's a ripple effect from our relationship with Him and, and into our relationship with other people. So our relationship with our brother affects our relationship with God. Our relationship with God affects our relationship with other people. And there's one more, back in 1 John, there's one more relationship I want to think about, which is kind of an odd one. Um, 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. This is a sort of strange type of relationship because it talks about the world and love for the world. And we usually think of the world as a system. It's not really a, a particular person or thing you can relate to. Um, but maybe the way that we can think about this as a relationship is in verse 16. It talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, which are all very selfish things. Maybe what we can call this is a relationship with ourselves uh, to a certain extent. Um, but as we love ourselves, as we love Satan, that destroys our love for God. It says the love of the Father is not in him, if any man love the world. Um, we can't expect, we can't believe that we can love um, ourselves and love God at the same time. We can't place higher priority on ourselves and still be giving God what he deserves. There are certain relationships that are just incompatible. And that's what John is saying here. The relationship with ourselves, with the world, and with God is, is an incompatible relationship. So relationships ripple out and, uh, and affect other, other people, other things. I want to quickly look at three qualities, and we're going to touch these very briefly, but three qualities of healthy relationships. Um, you could make up a list of hundreds of qualities of healthy relationships, so these are, these are probably a, a poor attempt at capturing what makes healthy relationships. But first thing is selflessness. We're just talking about how we can't have a relationship can't be have a relationship with ourselves or a focus on ourselves and still love God correctly. Um, to really have good relationships, we need to be selfless. Christ demonstrated that in his, his coming to earth. Um, over and over again, he was, he was very, very selfless to the point then of death. Um, he said, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. God's love for us is a very selfless love. He, he desires um, glory and praise from us, but that's because he deserves that. It's not a selfish he would just like to feel better. Um, it's because he is the one who deserves that. And he demonstrates selfless love to us through Christ. Um, the only way we can really truly love is to be selfless. And back in, in Matthew... Uh, where we started in Matthew ch chapter 22, 
The greatest command is love. Love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, so a healthy relationship has to be built on selflessness and, and love. The second quality of a healthy relationship is grace. And it's, it's kind of a unique quality because in our relationship with God, we never have to offer grace to God. Um, God always offers grace to us. He's perfect, so there's no need for grace to cover up his, his flaws. However, in human relationships, as we relate uh, among ourselves, we need to be willing to give grace to our brother. And we sure hope they give grace to us because um, we are people that have flaws and, and faults. And grace is a willingness to overlook those flaws and faults in, in other people. We need to give grace to each other to, to have good relationships. And a final, a final thing, that I, a final quality of healthy relationships is investment. And that applies to both our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. Um, relationships require investment. That's maybe part of what Paul was saying in our Sunday school lesson today, is that it's to maintain a good relationship, husband to wife, Wife to husband requires time. It requires investment. It doesn't just happen. Um, to maintain a good relationship with God also doesn't just happen. It requires investment. We need to put time and energy into it. And God has poured a tremendous amount of investment into us. Um, we need to invest in response to, to Him. So healthy relationships require selflessness. They require grace. And they require investment. And there's a lot of other areas you could talk about healthy relationships. Well, that's, that's a few things that are, that are important for them. In conclusion, relationships are, are really important, extremely important. Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God. And then the second one he said is like it, and that's love your neighbor as yourself. God is relational. We are relational. Relationships have eternal impact. Sin and relationships have this interaction where sin impacts relationships, but relationships redeem the effects of sin. Relationships ripple out and affect other relationships. And then we looked at a few qualities of healthy relationships. And my challenge to us, to myself, is that we invest in relationships and place priority on them. You know, when I start out a day, it's very easy to have this list of all the things that would be nice to get done. And you feel sad, I feel satisfied at the end of the day when I feel like I've gotten through. Some days, 30% of them, I feel pretty satisfied. <laughs> um, but maybe, I, maybe I'm looking at life wrong. Maybe my list should be lists of relationships that, that I should be thinking about, people that I should be affecting. Um, maybe the, maybe the, the tendency to look at what I get done is completely the wrong, the wrong way of looking at life. I think there's a good possibility that's, that what God desires us to look at in life is relationships rather than, than the things we do. Um, I want to call us to, to focus on a relationship with Christ and a relationship with, with others, that we place importance on them, that, that we realize that those relationships are more important than um, than exactly what we get done, than exactly what we, whether whether we are seen as um, having the right point of view on things or, or not.
and we'd be focused on fostering good relationships with, with others and with each other. God bless you. I think Leon is closing the service then after his song.